Good morning, everyone. This is Rona Palmer from Fluke Excelix, and thanks so much for joining us for this month's best practices webinar. And I just want to take a moment and clarify the purpose of our best practices webinar series, because we do offer quite a variety of different types of webinars and trainings. But in our best practice series, we focus not on a specific technology or software, but rather on maintenance strategies. And we invite a variety of guest speakers to come and share their experience and their expertise with our listeners. So I'm really pleased to have with us today a new speaker to our program, though he's certainly not new to this industry, and that's Joe Longin who is a lab services consultant with Cohesive Solutions. And he's going to be presenting today's topic on how organizations drive culture change and measure performance using asset and work management data. So good morning, Joe, and thanks so much for uh, taking time out of your day and being with us today. And Good morning, Joe, Rona. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. And Joe, while we give our listeners a, a minute or two to uh, get all logged in and situated, maybe you can share with us, you know, uh, why this particular topic of cultural change and um, asset management data, you know, why you chose this particular topic and why you feel it's really important to present today. Absolutely. Yeah. I so I'll give a little bit, this kind of will jump into my background a bit, but in my family, um, a lot of folks have worked in construction and maintenance, maintenance and reliability. Um, and, you know, and one of the things growing up is, you know, not knowing it whenever you're younger, but many of the things that you hear um, from your parents and from adults around you as they talk about work, um, I believe relates to culture change. Um, or just how culture is dynamic, right? Because change is never steadfast uh, in that, or it doesn't have an end, right? It's continuous and always dynamic. So I used to hear a lot about, you know, maintenance activities. And when I started working in the same field, I noticed that, uh, you know, a lot of folks maybe weren't happy with where the culture was in their organization. And I actually got to live through what I consider to be a, a, a dramatic culture shift um, back before I was with Cohesive Solutions um, as a customer, um, I had a lot of years of experience, you know, in maintenance and, and as a customer of a maintenance department, as well as um, supervisor and, you know, multiple roles in, in asset management uh, with the maintenance department. So this is really important to me because the folks that, you know, that make the day-to-day -day happen um, are really, you know, part of that culture. And uh, the culture change really should be making things better for all of our, you know, of all of our personnel. And uh, a lot of times the data that we that we are using doesn't necessarily match day to day operations or actually help drive that culture change in the way that we would like it to. And so that's why um, I chose to speak about this topic today. Well, great. Well, I know we hear that quite often from customers that that's always a, um, a hurdle, particularly around, let's say, a CMS implementation is changing that culture. We look forward to hearing what you have to share. But before I turn things over to Joe uh, to share his presentation, a few quick housekeeping items. Uh, we do have all the phones on mute. 
uh, for our listeners because uh, we are recording today's session. We will share a link to the recording with all of our attendees. And uh, But we do invite you to um, type in questions at any time into the questions feature in GoToWebinar. If you just type them in at any time during the presentation, we'll read them to Joe and his team and they can answer them at the conclusion of the presentation. We'll also be, Joe and team have agreed to share a copy of the slide deck with you and we'll do that as a follow-up to the webinar. So I think that's it for housekeeping. Oh, and there will be a survey that you'll see at the conclusion of the webinar where you can request a copy of the slides. All right, so without further ado, Joe, over to you. Excellent, thank you very much. So again, thank you to all the attendees for you know taking time out of your busy days um, to connect um, with Fluke and with us here. We're, we're very um, appreciative uh, of the partnership that we have with Fluke and, and all the great work that they are doing in getting this information out to the masses in their series on best practices. Um, so a little bit just quickly about myself. Again, my name is Joe Lungeon. Um, I'm a performance management consultant, also do what they refer to as lab services. So, you know, laboratory services is really liaison with customers and, and making solutions work for them. And it's all wrapped around performance management. Um, I spent 20 plus years in facilities, uh, infrastructure, maintenance management. Um, I had a lot of experience in working with, you know, end customers, with directly with technicians managing and supervising crews, um, also served in the U.S. Army, had similar roles there in, in logistics and maintenance management. Um, so, you know, I'm just, I'm very passionate about, you know, driving things that, that matter to people and, you know, helping organizations succeed. So I wanted to cover, you know, a little bit of about what we what we think maintenance teams need. And so, you know, what we're trying to show here uh, with this visual is that maintenance teams really need to know how their work on assets support their company mission. We, we will refer to this as line of sight. So much of what we do, whether it's in um, manufacturing, um, could be in production, you know, of, of supplies, could be in logistics, anything related to maintenance and reliability, we are really managing assets. So knowing how your work on assets and any of those support activities really support the company mission will create a line of sight. So how, how is what you do today important to the overall um, goal of your, of your company or organization? Uh, maintenance teams also need to utilize enterprise systems as the tools that they are. So a lot of folks will implement you know, an enterprise solution and think that it is um, kind of the be-all, end-all. And it is a tool that is part of the tools in your toolbox, literally just like a wrench, um, that help you to get your job done more efficiently. Um, and we would like to see that those maintenance teams can experience real improvements in their day-to-day -day operations through the use of those tools. And individual, you know, technicians should receive the right type and frequency of training on communicated and documented business processes. So what this means, this could be simple instructions on a procedure of how to do your job. That should be documented 
it should be well communicated and it should be understood what the expectations are. Um, with those things being clear, then maintenance teams can be enabled to perform. So when we really measure performance, we should be measuring um, not individuals, but how well our tools and our processes are supporting those individuals to do their job and support the mission of their organization. So uh, the reality of what happens for a lot of maintenance teams, and I would say for folks that are tuned in today, you think about, is this, you know, is this me? Is this our organization? Is that when we're managing assets, again, these could be large production assets, they could be facilities, infrastructure, you know, part making systems or components um, that, you know, you have assets that may not be entered into a system. So you, you may know that they're there, or you may not know that they're there, but the data is not necessarily entered properly into those tools that you have, like your asset management system um, or your EAM platforms um, to enable performance measurement. So if we're going to ask you to perform maintenance on something and enter data into a system, then the data that you're entering into that system should be what is used to support whether or not we're performing well and not something that's outside of the system that you're being uh, asked to use. The systems themselves typically will be in multiples. And so what that means is you may have one system where you're entering a certain type of data and maybe another system where you're entering labor and another system that you're procuring parts through. So multiple points of entry or use. This is complicated and usually ends up um, not being seamlessly integrated with day-to-day -day operations. So that means that we have a lack of alignment with what's really happening day-to-day. -day. So if you're asked to be on the shop floor or out in a, in a mechanical space or you know, leading or supervising personnel, um, and you're, you know, traveling to meetings, you know, back and forth, then you need to have systems that work for you and match how you operate day to day. And for the technicians, for the folks, you know, whether it's entry level up to skilled trades, um, confusion and frustration typically mount as, you know, typically they are measured individually in some way as to whether or not performance is happening. Um, and that is not aligned with a process or necessarily the strategic objectives that the organization has that support the mission. And so the reality is, is that the line of sight is out of focus. And what we want to do is we want to focus that lens and actually create line of sight for personnel. And that will help to affect that culture change. So with that, I um, want to just take a moment that leads us into the first poll question. And so I'll ask this and then I'll turn it over uh, to Rona with Fluke to um, open the poll. Um, but for folks on the line, what confidence level do you have that your people, processes, and systems are aligned? With that, Great. over to you, Rona. Great. All right, the polls are open and we appreciate your feedback. Let me start by saying there's no wrong answers. We only share this in aggregate. All right, so let Joe know what percentage, what, what percentage of confidence do you have that your people, processes, and systems are aligned? It's 100%, 75, 50, 25, or maybe no confidence at all and you need to get started. All right, so it looks like we have about 
three quarters of the votes in. So let me give this a few more seconds while people are thinking. And then we'll, once all the voting is in, we'll share the results. Okay, so let's see what we have. Well, Joe, no one said that it's 100%. I suppose if it were, they might not be on this webinar this morning. But 26% of the listeners, or about a quarter of them, said they're at 75%. They're documented and they're being updated to match processes. About half the listeners, it's interesting, 43% say they're at 50%. Some improvement initiatives are underway. It's encouraging. But again, about a quarter say, you know, they're making some efforts, but they don't know that they're aligned. So they're at 25%. And then lastly, we had 4% saying, we don't have this documented. We need to get started. All right, Joe, I don't know how that matches your what you're expecting to see, but sure. I'll turn it back for you. Okay, great. No, I, th I think that 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 matches expectations and happy to see you know that that the numbers um above above that zero you know kind of just getting started which is fine too happy to see that there are people that are making progress and people that feel like they're you know well on their way um you'll hear a lot of folks talk about this is this is a journey and you know it, one of the things that i always tell people um, when we go out and we talk with clients is that I don't think any of you on the line likely have a goal or an end date where your where your company is going to close. So there's there's no end to the journey, you know, there's no final destination per se. Um so, you know, I think that helps to from a cultural standpoint as humans, we need to understand that we want to continue to improve and get better, but there's no end point for this. So, you know, each day when we go home, we just want to come back knowing that um we're going to try to make things better. So how do we so how do we actually do this? You know, one of the, the things that we do with clients is we want to provide them some vision around key components that are necessary to get this in place. So we've talked about pieces of this and this visual. I just want to sum this up by saying that what we've seen work with clients and things that I have experienced personally um, is that you know we have to have that leadership at the top. Leadership doesn't necessarily come from you know nameplate titles though anybody within your organization can be a true leader um, we do need personnel in the right place in your organization though that can make an impact can make you know purchasing decisions and can drive the organization so sometimes that has to be created from within and sometimes it you know it's it's inherent and it starts with a leader at the top pushing this vision um, to the rest of the organization, but leadership needs to be present, and, you know, in one of those um, shapes or fashions. We also need to have business processes in place, and so this is where I talk a little bit about the clear documentation and communication, and that you know what you're asking your folks to do day to day should should have some type of guidance. Um, you, it may not be documented 100% or or step by step. Um, but you need to have a framework and then, you know, over time you need to add detail to that and it needs to be maintained. Um, you have to have something documented there to guide personnel or you can't really have performance because you need something to measure it against. Um, and that needs to be how you work. Um, we find a lot of folks want to pull something off a shelf 
or you know grab a metric that they've seen published somewhere and say this is what performance is for us and that instantly is not aligned with your organization um, because that isn't from your organization you may use that metric um, to try to manage performance, but the alignment comes by understanding if your process can actually support that. Systems and tools will also support that. Mo uh, most of what happens there is that the system or tool should help you do the process more efficiently. Um, it should embed the process and validate the process and somewhat enforce the process to occur. So systems and tools will help guide that business process that you've developed and documented. Um, it also will then capture data such that we can find out is our performance matching what that process is. And then true alignment will come with that line of sight through practices. What are your folks doing day to day? Are they using those processes and using those systems? And then we can measure that and, and truly see performance of the process and the systems and tools that your personnel are using. So just a quick visual there. So what we see often um, and what I've experienced is there's typically a gap. So performance management should be objective driven, meaning that if your organization is, let's say you're manufacturing something and your goal is to create value for shareholders or to drive value for the organization by selling a product, then the objectives for the reliability group or for the maintenance personnel should be to add value to the organization so they can create those products. So it might be maintaining uptime, um, it might be you know, reducing the amount of failure, but those are more specific objectives to maintenance and reliability. But you need to have those specific objectives um, that are separate from the company's mission, vision, uh, and values. They do need to support them. Um, but we can't just use those high overarching um, items as the true objectives. So the business processes that you have need to be matched to those objectives. So if the objective is to reduce failures, what part of the process that you have, um, let's say in work management or in supply chain, that actually support reducing failure? And you should be able to walk through a process and see where it supports an objective that will create the alignment and effectiveness in executing that process. The problem is, is that we typically have strategy and operations, but we have no bridge between the two. So to bridge the gap between strategy and operations, we bring in the objectives. You know, what are those strategic goals that are expected? Um, initiatives. You know, we often should be in this continuous improvement loop and making sure that we're striving actually meet the objectives that we've set. So what, what are those initiatives that you have in place and are they matched to your objectives? Then on the right, you see the business process, right? Activities that could be automated by systems, they could be you know, paper-based SOPs and procedures, um, but these should be the activities that are performed by your personnel. And what we wanna know is, are those matched to your strategy? So what's missing in between? We need that alignment. We need visualization you know, of what our objectives are and how the initiatives that we're asking our personnel to do support those. If we are automating our business process, are we automating it to support the objective or are we automating it just for the sake of automation? And then collaboration. 
regardless of the different types of activities or groups that you have within your organization, does everybody know where they fit in supporting those objectives, creating that line of sight? So one of the services that we provide in performance management from our group with Cohesive is we refer to as Propel Services. What we're really looking to do um, is to sustain alignment between people, processes, and objectives. So we want to create that alignment and sustain that alignment so that it's not lost once you provide the effort to get aligned. We want to establish trustworthy information that has data quality. So if I'm asking somebody to perform a business process like a PM, so maybe I'm doing proactive maintenance and I've given them a procedure to follow, um, do we actually have data that's captured from that activity in a system but utilizing that business process that matches an objective like reducing failure? We want directed visibility of that performance in that objective context, meaning that if I'm going to ask personnel to go out and perform a PM activity, do they know that it supports an objective to reduce failure and how performing that PM actually addresses a failure. Um, like for instance, you might have a specific failure mode on an asset and you're asking somebody to perform a procedure, but maybe they don't understand that there's an objective um, for the organization to have a certain failure rate that you want to maintain below. And so they don't have line of sight to that objective that they may be measured against. And then focus on continuous improvement. So rather than looking at lack of success or lack of performance, let's take a look at the improvements that we can make to meet the objectives. Provide corrective actions and a platform that helps you to collaborate towards those objectives. So we want to get everybody working together and bridge this gap. So this, uh, I'll admit, this slide's a little wordy. Um, I just want to talk through that there are some kind of high-level activities that you can that you can perform and just see if anybody can relate to these. So in these different phases, um, first is initiation. So how do I get this started? See if there's anything here for those of you that said you need to get started or maybe you're already well underway. See what relates to you and your organization. So the first might be an assessment. Can you actually take a step back and assess where is the organization today? Um, do you have a framework that you can base that against? There are available frameworks that are out there from, say, ISO and, and metrics like from SMRP or Reliability Web that help to provide a framework that really shows what is um, what does good look like, what is reliable, what is asset management, and can you assess yourself uh, or your organization against that framework and say this is our starting point, our benchmark, this is where we are today, here are our gaps. Have you done that assessment? Typically, you would have some type of core team. Um, this is something I experienced in that if you just have a few select personnel in the organization, maybe one or two that are trying to drive an improvement initiative around reliability, um, that might be a good start, but you really need this core team of cross-functional personnel. So this typically will include some type of champion or leadership um, to support the initiative and show the organization that they're committed. It will include people that can make change throughout the portions of the organization. Maybe it's in maintenance or reliability or 
procurement or um, supply chain or storerooms. You need to have folks together in a cross-functional team in order to help make change and drive change management. What are your existing or future metrics? Are there goals that you can set that could be measured that you want to help drive? Uh, maybe if you have some existing that's part of your assessment and you might find that things that you're currently measuring don't actually align with your objectives. So it's good to know, again, have that benchmark, what are we measuring today and does it make a difference? Some data analysis. Um, if you're looking at that framework, are you able to go and gather data from a system or systems that maybe can show support of efforts and say what is our progress towards, say, um, reactive versus proactive maintenance and show a maintenance mix or ratio? Um, what about, you know, uptime? Are we, do we have the capability to show um, uptime or maybe failure rates? Um, some of these are more mature metrics and some um, are fairly easy measures. So, but do you have the ability to gather that data and provide some initial ass uh, assessment with that data? Um, for us, we're delivering what we call our Propel environment at this point. So it's taking that initial data and assessment and showing that current benchmark. Um, where are you? It's in a collaborative environment that everybody can see with clearly, again, defined initial objectives that say this is what this is where we think we should be. Have you done any data alignment workshops? So taking that assessment and that data that you've gathered, you need to get folks beyond just that core team then. Um, let's say you're working in maintenance management. Um, can you bring in the maintenance manager, maybe some crew leaders, maybe some select technicians that all can provide insight into data that's maybe been gathered around failure information collection, um, just as an example. And do you have a communication plan? So as these efforts get kicked off, change management is very important. You need to be able to communicate what is happening to the organization. In order to provide some culture change, you're gonna need everybody to know and understand what's happening. And that includes multiple types of communication, different frequency of communication, and then identifying who should be communicated to in what way at specific times. So that's all part of getting this off the ground and that initiation. So some of you may recognize that and, and be familiar with those types of activities. Um, phase two goes into strategic planning. Um, and I'm not gonna go through each one of these um, directly on this slide because I have some follow-up um, that is a little more enticing, I think, for everybody um, that's looking here. So just coming back to the, the initiation, if you kind of see there, the idea of a core team is that we have different personnel identified as this is a major project, if you will. It's an undertaking. This initiation of saying we want to improve and you do have to identify this as, a, as an activity at some point or a major project. So communicating expectations is key, setting expectations for the organization um, so that they know what is going to be monitored to support those objectives. If you already have the objectives and you already have the ways to measure and maybe you're just not communicating or documenting those properly, that can be something that the core team can assist with. Um, the core team becomes a governance group that really gets to own the improvement, they get to own 
the business processes. They get to own the performance management. And so they really become subject matter experts in how the organization operates. So some examples here then as you move into the next phase in strategic planning, you want to take objectives that maybe have been identified that support your organization's mission, vision, and values and understand how those objectives may have supporting activities. So you may have smaller objectives that support high level and there may be measures that you then begin to identify. And we again typically would do this as part of some alignment workshops and say um, in this case you see work execution management. Very high level objective for a maintenance organization. Say we need to execute work and manage that work efficiently. What are the supporting objectives that help you to manage work execution? Right? And so what you see there in the visuals is our take on helping see that alignment to objectives in what we call the objective wheel. So at the center are the higher level objectives and everything radiating out are supporting objectives. And in this system, there's some color coding to assist in seeing if there's alignment and how performance is actually going in those areas of supporting objectives at a given time. So I'm going to cover in a little bit of detail then work execution management and reliability management as selected objectives to supporting the high-level goals of an organization. So with that, um, I would like to move into the second poll question. Just take a moment and ask, do you have clearly documented and communicated strategic objectives for asset management or reliability? And I'll turn that over to Rona to run the poll. Excellent. Okay, this should be a, a quick one, but uh, if you can let Joan know where your organization is regarding how clearly documented the objectives are. Are they defined? Are they documented? Are they communicated? All right, so we've given you three choices of where your organization might sit regarding this. I've got about two thirds of the votes in. And again, uh, no wrong answers here. Just We just wanna, you, you can see where you are relative to your, the other listeners on the line. All right, great. Let's go ahead and share the results. So Joe, 10% say yes, we have a clearly articulated asset management plan. Half, 49% say we're working on it and there is a team dedicated to it, which is very good news. And then 41% are saying that we have a mission, company mission statement, but not a clear um, asset management documented objectives. All right, back to you, Joe. Awesome, thank you for that. So just giving some real world input, you know, and examples, I think most people relate with that versus just theoretical discussions, is that organizations that I've worked with or been a part of, um, let's, I'll give two examples. One where the organization had top level management that were very driven by um, kind of the highest level. So they were at that very kind of mission statement oriented where it's like, uh, I'm a manufacturing organization and we need to manufacture these things. Um, and we're going to do whatever is necessary to make sure that we can manufacture those things. 
And so there were a lot of measures and metrics that were being created and being driven from the top down that did not necessarily match with a maintenance or reliability efforts. Um, and so a lot of time was being spent just to create those measurements and those metrics and get those, get that data in front of somebody for a meeting or, you know, into a presentation. Um, the problem was is that that took time away from the organization, from those folks like maintenance managers, supervisors, and technicians that really should be de dedicated to the objective of maintenance and reliability. That is their part of the mission is to ensure that their their operations, their infrastructure, and their machinery for manufacturing were up and able to be utilized to provide a product and to um, create the output necessary for the organization to succeed. So there was a mismatch there in that what was being driven from the top was only, you know, at some person's assumption that this is what the organization needs to do, and then it was being driven down with no alignment. So I'm sure some of you may may recognize or feel that and kind of feel that pain at some point. Um, another organization um, example I want to give is that there were objectives um, that were decades old and they had spent a lot of money in implementing a new a new software system. And the thought was that the new software system is going to provide so much clarity, it's going to fix all of our problems, it will make us so much more efficient. Um, but the problem was is there wasn't necessarily a clearly documented business process that was used when the system was implemented. So there was a mismatch between what the software could do with the expectations that the folks in the organization had for what the software could provide them. And so what they were really missing though was that business process that just said, how do we do business day to day? And it may not have been ideal that that documented business process of what your current as is state is, you know, how are we doing things today? But you need that benchmark to push off. And if you want to get more efficient, you have to know or have something to compare it to. So uh, I'll talk about work management in, the, in that respect, right? So as we get into the next phase, the next phase of trying to maybe configure um, some performance. So if you have some objectives, they may not be clearly articulated at this point, but if you have objectives that are specific to, you know, maintenance and reliability or your supply and logistics or whatever the part of the organization is that you impact, we would typically come and provide um, some data analysis or you can perform data analysis with your own systems. And typically we'll see this coming from in maintenance and reliability in a CMMS or EAM, Enterprise Asset Management System. So what we start with is looking at what data is available so what data quality do you have and what confidence do you have in that? Specific examples there might be um, if you have a system and you're tracking work orders. And let's say I wanted to, from a customer service standpoint, show how fast can we respond to uh, and mitigate an issue that's reported. So we might look to measure how fast or the duration of time that it takes for a work order to be completed from the time that it is reported to us. The problem that I would see likely looking at data quality is that A, you wouldn't have a data quality standard. So if I were to pull a work order from your system, could you tell me the specific data elements like the fields on the screen or the things from the database 
that get entered as that work order gets processed through your system, how many of those need to be populated for you to have confidence in that record? So if a work order went through your system and got assigned and completed, but it never had any materials or never had any labor, nobody put any work notes or work logs on the system, um, no entries um, of procedural steps, no job plans assigned, for instance, would you have confidence in that work order if I went back and looked at it historically to know what occurred? Maybe the only data you had was who reported it the day it started and the day that it ended. You don't know who worked on it or what they did. I would say that that's a low confidence work order. So even if I measured a thousand work orders that are similar to that example, I can't really have confidence in a metric that would show me duration there because I'm not confident that people entered the right data on the work order. How do I know that a person closed the work order at the right time and it didn't just stay open? So again, this comes back to data quality and data confidence from the system that you're pulling data from. And it's very important for, say, that core team that owns this process to designate what quality is with input from the organization and then establish what your initial confidence is. I might be able to publish a customer service metric saying here's what our duration is, but if we're only 20% confident meaning 20% of the work orders that we're measuring have all of the data fields populated, the first issue that you need to work on is not the duration that the work is taking. You need to increase the confidence and the data quality of the work orders that the people are working with. So meaning give them a documented process of what they're supposed to do and what data they're supposed to enter and work towards having that process be successful. So if you take a look kind of the bottom of this slide, definitions of measures and metrics were established. So one of the things that is I find is missing from a lot of organizations is everybody in the organization from the top level, the VP, the CEO, whatever they may be, down to the entry level worker, understanding the definition of what their measures and performance measurement should be, and also understanding what is the business process and what are the steps that it takes in order for that metric to actually be successful? So again, back to that work duration that I just mentioned. Would you be able to define the fields that need entered on the work order? What status of the work order are you going to start the measurement and end the measurement from a duration standpoint um, so that you could clearly articulate in your organization and potentially to your customers, whether they're internal or external customers, how that is actually being defined and measured. It needs to be defined and measured to both personnel that are going to use that to make decisions and also to the people that are being measured. And keep in mind here, this should not be individual performance that we're looking at. This is actually how well are you able to perform your business process because measurement of individuals will not increase organizational performance. Measuring and creating initiatives around your business process will increase the organizational performance. So the two examples here, um, I didn't want to put a lot into this because um, this can get you know pretty complicated pretty quick or pretty detailed. But from work order lifecycle and aging, this 
comes back to that objective that we mentioned around work management. How are we able to measure the business process of actually moving a work order through a system from beginning to end? So measuring the life cycle is important. It's the average duration of work from initiation to closure. And each one of these steps has to be defined, by the way. What does initiation mean? Is that the time the record hits a system? Is that the time that a customer calls your work entry point? And is closure when the technician puts down the wrenches and enters their information? Or is it when accounting is finished You know, with work order, um, purchase orders and service requisitions and receipts? Um, so you have to fully define how that is being measured to let you know what parts of the process are being measured and who has an impact on what is being measured from who is actually performing that part of the process. So in this case, um, we you have to group work together in order to measure it because you typically would want to measure this maybe monthly or weekly, whatever the case may be. So this was done by the actual finish date populated on a work order so they could track this by monthly performance. Some specific work types were excluded because maybe they have different business processes. They might be exclusions that are only used for accounting purposes or only used for non-work scenarios like training. So again, specifics in the business process would support this measure only measuring certain types of work. And then average time in the different phases could be separated here as data dimensions. So if you are doing um, triage during work initiation, if you're doing planning and scheduling, if you're doing specific tracking of just the execution, and then the closure phase from an accounting standpoint, those all could be different cycle phases of work order life cycle, and you may want to view them individually. The second one that I brought up as an example is PM performance. So from a reliability standpoint, I may want to visualize how well are we at meeting the due date compliance for you know, preventative or proactive work that is being done to reduce failure. Um, you know, this could be shown as a percentage of total, you know, how much of all the PMs that we're creating PM type work um, are being done by their, by their compliance date or by their due date. Um, and then do you have any leeway? So in this case, they chose to allow 10% plus or minus um, from the target start. And then they had different work order types, again, that were included that actually indicated that it was proactive work. Okay. So just want to show some specific examples here, of, you know, what this might look like in a collaborative system. Um, so I'll give some time for the system visual to respond. You can see here some different measures of execution effectiveness by measuring life cycle. Um, so again, this takes into account different status changes within an enterprise asset management system. Um, and it actually utilizes data to show different phases like planning, scheduling, execution, and closure. All right. And then of course you could have an overall that shows total duration. This could match up against work order priority and potential service levels that you have promised to a customer by saying if it's an X priority, we will respond and complete in a certain amount of time. So it gives you the ability to do that. Again, I'll let the visual um, catch up here. 
Um, this is an example of maintenance strategy. So in this case, they can take a look at yield. Um, you know, how much PM is actually yielding corrective work, meaning, you know, preventative maintenance or proactive maintenance should be reducing or addressing direct failure modes. How much of the time in doing that PM work have you found something that you are preventing, um, which would suggest that that PM or that proactive work was done um, for good reason. And if you never find any failure or you never find any corrective work, is it the right PM? Are you doing the PM on the right assets, the right criticality? So again, this is just one measure that can help um, and understand, you know, compliance to, um, you know, due date, understand whether or not you're yielding other work from, from that PM process. All right, hopefully the visual catches up there. I wanna ask a third poll question. This will be the final poll question. And just talking through some of these items, if you had the, um, you know, the ability to choose one item and improve that at your organization right now, what would that be? Okay. Uh, Rona, Rona. <clears throat> All right, the poll is open. This is the make-a-wish time and say if there was one thing that you could change in your organization, what would that be? And he's given me a few choices that we often hear are, uh, are pain points within an organization. So let us know what you feel. And this is just your personal opinion, your personal assessment of what you'd like to see improved in your organization. All right, we have two-thirds of the votes in, so let's just give us a few more seconds. And, okay, people have, are definitely wanting to vote. All right, let's go ahead and see what we have. So, Joe, it looks like 7% say their system is the one thing they would change, their EAM system configurations. 16% say training is the one item 35 percent say we combine communication and leadership because we can only have five responses um and that's 35 percent of our audience felt that would be the one item they would change 18 percent say they would change change management or how change is managed and lastly one quarter or 24 percent say metrics and performance measures is what they would change in their organization. All right, back to, back to you, Joe. Okay, great. So I would challenge everybody on the line for that one item that you chose. Think back to you know what we've covered here. I know this is a short amount of time. We can certainly follow up and I hope there's some questions. But how can you actually utilize kind of the different phases that we showed, uh, and how can you create line of sight around that item? Meaning, if let's say you chose training, um, can you pick a specific point of your business process that needs to be improved, and thus you need to provide some training on that? Maybe it's using the software system. Um, maybe it is, you know, precision maintenance practices. Um, maybe it's um, 
you know, maybe you have some planners and you'd like them to write better job plans. Um, but whatever that training is that is required, make sure that that training supports a portion of your business process and that that is supporting an objective that you have that's one of those strategic or supporting objectives um, for improvement that help you get to, you know, your goals for maintenance and reliability. Um, and the last thing there, you know, creating that line of sight is if I'm going to go then ask, let's say, a crew of people to perform this or attend this training, you need to make sure that you've communicated ahead of time to them why the training is necessary, again, what part of that business process it supports, and what the objective is or goal that, you know, you want to improve performance around why that they need that training. Um, you want to create that total line of sight. If you leave anything open, um, I'll say from under, you know, from an understanding, and, and this is where change management is hard, people will create their own assumptions around that, and that becomes hard to control the culture. So if you can create uh, and provide that documentation and communication, um, creating that line of sight, your communication and change management will greatly improve over time. And again, those items, just like this improvement project that we've been talking about or this, this effort, this journey, um, everything is dynamic. So it's never a once and done. And every point that you do, you should learn from and improve um, the next time that occurs. So if your training doesn't go well, or maybe people don't understand why the training is important this time, get some feedback and improve it the next time for the next time training is provided. So that takes us into kind of the last phase, which is, you know, operations and improvement. You know, many of us have these efforts in place and we still have what we would call our day jobs. Um, part of why that we have that core team is that we need people that are focused on the kind of the initiatives and the improvements, the business process and all the items that are required because we want to make sure that we never lose sight of where we're going. We want to have that roadmap and that assessment moving forward, but we also don't want this to just be second fiddle, somebody wearing an extra hat because it's easy for their efforts to be redirected and have something that's a larger priority. So the core team and dedicating those personnel, um, you know, at least at some percentage and making it part of their day-to-day -day is very important. So if you're able to, collect and analyze some data and set some goals and expectations and you can communicate those, then you can get into this kind of continuous improvement loop, right? The core team might identify a problem or opportunity. Let's go back to the PM performance. Maybe PMs are not being completed on time because there's a lot of reactive work that that same crew or those same technicians have to perform. So have you analyzed the process? Do they have a business process to follow that states when they should perform PM and how they should perform PM? When should they allow reactive work to take precedence over PM work? So analyze that process. Develop an optimal solution. You know, what is, what is the optimum um, situation there? Um, again, that may not be what you're looking to make the initial change around, but you need to know what kind of is the end state that we would like to get to, right? identify some change to, to perform. Implement a solution. So it might be just retraining personnel on the fact that certain PMs have criticality. Maybe it's just for your critical assets. Maybe you need to identify whether assets are critical on the PM work orders that you give those personnel. 
and that would help them to meet compliance just around your critical assets first. But again, implement some type of solution. It might be a business process change. It might be a system configuration. It might be a combination of all of those. Make sure that you identify all the items that are needed and address who's responsible, who's accountable um, for making those, who you communicate to and who's informed. That's part of a, a RACI chart, if, you've, if you're familiar with that, is knowing who is going to take care of it, who is going to be accountable for it, who communicates it, and who should be informed through that communication. So once you make some change, then you need to monitor that. So study the results and adjust. So this is where having some type of system to measure or being able to gather data from a system is very important. This comes back to the data quality and confidence. Am I getting the right information from the system to know if the change that I made is having an impact? And then standardize the solution. So if you've adjusted and you now know what will help in that specific situation to increase PM performance or compliance, then standardize it. Make sure it's part of your documented process. Publish and communicate the initiative that you undertook and what you found. Share the results, good and bad, with the organization so that people realize if they're doing the right thing. And they may be surprised by the, you know, the items that needed to be done in order to improve performance. They might have been small, they might have been large that you need to make sure that people understand. That will not only solidify this for people that were involved in the change, but for others in the organization who then may be part of a different change initiative that comes later. So that's part of that loop. And again, the frequency of this loop and how many of these you can have going at one time is dependent upon your resources. And again, that is something that your core team should be addressing is, if you don't have enough resources to sustain a lot of initiatives, maybe you have you know, 50 uh, quote unquote flavors of the month that are occurring in your organization today, pick the two that you can support and, and make sure that they are based on a priority and say, let's get these two done. And let's actually measure them and go through this loop and do all the things right and then move on to the next. And that can be sometimes the hardest thing for an organization to do is to back off of a large number of initiatives that are trying to do all haphazardly and do just one or two very well. Okay. Um, so that kind of brings us to the end. I can go back to any, any specific examples. Um, I wanted to open it up for questions and to, to also indicate that um, you know, our team along um, with, uh, will be participating with Fluke at various events coming up as well. Um, so you'll see Cohesive at Maxima World in Orlando in August, um, SMRP's annual conference in October, and uh, Fluke Accelerate, uh, exciting to be there in November uh, of this year as well. Um, and some contact information there, of course, that we'll share through this. But I um, wanted to point out that you'll be able to touch base with us. Um, and with that, um, open it up to see, do we have any questions or comments coming in um, from the group that I could address while we're here today. All right, thank you, Joe. Thanks so much. Yes, we did have a few questions come in, um, and I'm going to ask them of Joe, but if we don't get to all your questions during the live presentation, please type them in and we'll uh, get you written answers after the fact. But um, I'd like to hopefully we'll have time for a few here. Um, Joe, you mentioned the four phases, and one listener asked, 
how much time in your experience, or maybe you could give a range of how much time to plan for each of those phases, like a timeline if you're undertaking this project? So, um, the overall, I'll say, kind of, uh, let's say that the overall project is this journey, like maintenance and reliability improvement, uh, if you will, or optimization. Um, you know, overall, if, if you're able to come in and set up a core team, that initiation, um, I would say that's, that's in the range of, of several weeks. Um, again, I'm going to throw out there maybe what's optimum, optimum or what I've seen people be able to achieve. Um, everything here, again, is dynamic based on your organization and, and the resources that you're actually able to allot. Um, but I'll say, you know, it is possible, you know, to put together a, a core group of folks and identify some objectives, um, you know, and kind of get working around that change management, you know, inside of maybe four to six weeks. Um, and that could include some data analysis and providing an overall assessment. So to get that kicked off, um, and you really need to do that first phase, I'll say, in order to understand how long the other phases are going to take. But you can get into um, repeatable repeatable um, processes throughout the rest of the phases. Um, and so I'd say I'd, I, I don't want to necessarily put a time frame on each one of the other phases, but I would be happy to speak to anybody directly, um, you know, about specific examples that we have with clients or things that I've experienced personally, um, you know, where I've been before, um, and talk through maybe some specifics of your organization. And I can probably give a better, you know, guesstimate or um, some guidance on, okay, I think you should be able to get through this phase, you know, in this amount of time. And it really will depend on the number of objectives and initiatives that you're trying to manage um, within each one of those, but you do want to get into that continuous loop. Um, we use an agile methodology um, with our with our teams and with our clients. So we get into what we call sprints, um, where we will gather you know a few items to improve, um, actually put them in place, measure them, make some minor improvements, come back, measure again. Um, and so those loops typically are in the range of like four to six weeks. Um, to make and again those could be anything those could be minor you know it could be three to four minor things or it could be one to two major things um, in each one of those sprints so hopefully that answers the question um, but uh, like you said I'm willing to, to answer things offline and we'll be issuing those after the after the webinar as well great <clears throat> all right hopefully in the last two minutes we have time for two more um, can you give a few examples of some specific job roles that in your experience you want to make sure are included in that core team? Sure, absolutely. So, um, so depending on the organization, there's likely going to be a part of the organization that owns or is responsible um, for your enterprise systems and tools. So you're going to want to have somebody from, you know, in a leader role there, like a manager potentially. Um, that could be a business systems group. It could be IT. Um, if those are separated within your organization, you would want to include both, a business owner and an IT owner from an enterprise system standpoint. Um, you will typically have um, maintenance management. So depending on what your hierarchy is, you are going to have an executive sponsor of some sort. Um, at a high level 
that could come from within maintenance. Um, it could come from, you know, another portion of your organization that maintenance reports up to. Um, maybe, and then, you know, depending on whether production and maintenance are separated at your facility, if you do have production um, or manufacturing, then you're also going to need um, and some sponsorship from the production side as well. Um, if you don't have all of these items in place or all of these personnel in place, it's okay to move forward. Um, part of what the core team should do over time is establish these rules and put them in place. Um, if you if you have um, planning and scheduling involved within your organization, you're going to need representation there. Um, you would typically have some type of business analyst or um, kind of functional administrator that is very familiar with how the business process works. So how do you actually do business um, in maintenance management? How do you actually do business in supply chain? How do you actually do business um, within accounting, you know, and procuring and acquiring materials? You would want to have representation from those groups. Um, and then typically we recommend having somebody from um, HR or change management um, if those groups are separate um, to in order to support that change management activity and potentially um, you know address you know job filling or um, positions you know that that are necessary in the organization um, it, it helps um, from an overall standpoint too to just take a look at the org chart because many you know organizations have similar structures but some have very specific structures and we would um, you know, within side of some small discussions, we would be able to point out, you know, you need folks from this group and this group. Um, but that kind of covers the, the a large basis of people included in that core team. Excellent. Well, I apologize. We've had uh, some more questions come in, but we'll have to take those in writing because um, I want to be respectful of everyone's time. And uh, so thank you so much, Joe, and the whole cohesive team for joining us today and um, we also thank you to our listeners for taking time out of your busy day and I'd like to invite you when we end today's webinar um, there will be a brief survey and please let us know how did we do what other topics can we bring with folks like you know Joe and other industry experts to really share their experience and topics that are meaningful and will help your organization so thanks again to Cohesive on, and on behalf of the Fluke team we'll see you all the next time take care thanks Joe appreciate it thank you thank you all